Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We are at the beginning of the uh, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe with John Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man. And back with us today, we have Niall McGowan from The Bat Minute. Welcome, Niall. Well, thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, always, always, always happy to come in to talk about some Iron Man. We are looking at Iron Man Minute 114. On today's show, the minute starts with a fireball engulfing the big arc reactor building. And it ends with Agent Coulson letting Tony know that he was on his yacht. This is the, uh, we're, we're coming in right at the peak of the explosion in this minute. We have a, a nice shot of, of Tony trying to avoid this massive fireball erupting next to him. And then we see uh, the, the wide shot of the building as the explosion rips out of it. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice looking explosion. It does make me wonder how much of this is a real explosion, how much of this is just CG work, but it, uh, mm-hmm. it all looks really nice. So my major question is like, where did Pepper go? Because she was in the room, <laughs> and then it's like what thirty seconds later, has she managed to completely clear the area? Because that fire comes out the friggin' door, so it's like, yeah, we we did see her. Uh, we we know she was at least running, uh, mm. so hopefully she got. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Did she run into just a different corner of the building? Did she actually run out the door again to go talk to the security guard and get right. him to stop his uh, Sudoku puzzle? I don't know. Yeah, the the thing is, like that concussive blast at the beginning of that explosion as it rips out through the it fills the parking lot. Like I am actually now worried about our Sudoku playing guard at the front gate because I feel like he is right in the path of that concussion, if not the fireball. Mm. Right, because you do get that kind of concussive wave yeah. emanating from it as it goes, which. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem to affect any of the vehicles sitting there. You think? Yes. That? Where I, I would think, if any glass would break, it would be right there. Like, let's break <laughs> some windows and cars. Is Bondo put down his game for Skybeam though? Like, that's got to be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. At least he's sticking his head out of the window. <laughs> I like to think that he's got his, uh, well, I guess we weren't quite at the era of the video phones yet. I was going to say, I'd like to think he's filming all of this to post somewhere, but right. <laughs> to, his, to his MySpace page. <laughs> he's at least taking pictures of it for MySpace. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, I, I, it, it does make you wonder what exactly is going on with, uh, with Pepper through all of this. And, uh, uh, and again, going back to that deleted scene we talked about yesterday, it just makes that much less sense when you see such a huge explosion ripping through this building. And then you find out that, hey, Pepper is actually up on the roof trying to find Tony. I really question that. Yeah. Totally. I don't get it. No. I just wonder if it's supposed to be like more of like a symbolic thing, like it's maybe this time has passed and like Tony's in and out of consciousness and he hears this some point like maybe it's like 15 minutes later or something and we're just sort of we're not supposed to take it as a literal thing or well you know i mean to that point i mean that's, that's kind of interesting because by the time i mean granted the fireball goes away pretty quickly like it's just it's an explosion it doesn't linger as a fire except some some of the frame around kind of that front door area but when we cut to that uh that bird's eye view shot of tony and kind of push in on him yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, even looking down for the very brief moment we can down to where the arc reactor was. I mean, there's like uh, tiny little remnants of fire. So, I think I could buy into the fact that some time has passed. Hmm. I also get the, um, yeah, the, the the zoom in 
to the arc reactor in his chest. Uh, which I do like. This is almost a kind of like a Return of the King moment, though, where it's fading to black, and you're like, is it the end of the movie? No, it's not. It's, like, it's actually there's another <laughs> thing happening right now. But I, I actually miss the arc reactor as an element. I don't know. I know thematically in Iron Man 3, like, why they get rid of it. He has a whole thing, why he gets rid of the, of the, uh, the arc reactor in his chest. But I do miss it in the movies. It's like, that's what's just a cool little thing that, yep, yeah, Tony Stark has this thing in his chest. And yeah. now they made him, yeah, he's, he's like, you know, Say he's just a man. He's also you know playboy, billionaire, philanthropist, and all that like as well. But it was just always like it was an element of Iron Man I liked. It's like yeah, he has this arc reactor in his chest, and then they just they've got rid of it, and there's just seems to be yeah they're not getting it back. Like it's just gone. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it is a great uh, piece, and I, it is very symbolic of kind of who Iron Man is. So I certainly hope if we do end up having any more iterations of Iron Man after Endgame. I, I hope that they at least continue with it, just even if it's just for part of the look, because mm. it, it does really, I think, it, I mean, it's part of who Iron Man is, having that, that chess piece there. Yeah, yeah. And just good they use it, utilize it so well in the movies, like, for example, yeah. like, you know, Loki trying to take over him, and then this, the, the Loki pokey stick just meeting the arc reactor, and I'm like, <laughs> what, what the hell? <laughs> just... But you can't do it. You, 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 you know, you did that now. It's like, no, Tony Stark would be as vulnerable as anybody else to that freaking stick. So. Right. You brought up the whole uh, the whole fact that we got that beautiful camera shot where the, the camera cranes down right to Tony. Um, this is a repeat of an image we've seen several times now through the film. The very first time we have this image is when he first gets blasted in the explosion back in the Kunar province, um, when we the missile lands next to him and uh, explodes um, after he kind of falls to the ground and pulls his shirt open, revealing his Kevlar vest. There's a that the reverse of this where we're starting on him and the camera lifts away from him. This is way back in minute four. And then we have the reverse as he wakes up in the cave, the reveal of this battery connection to his chest and this iron, uh, the, the uh, arc reactor in it, or not the arc reactor, just the connections that that uh, Yinsen had made. And this is the push in. This is in minute 18. And then back in minute uh, 74, we have, uh, again, it's pulling out of this shot. Of where we're close on Tony and we're pulling away from him. This is when we, it's revealed that Obadiah betrayed him. And now we again have the reverse as we push in. It is a really effective tool that, that Favreau's been using quite a bit in this film to kind of create these moments of, of uh, just... Uh, emphasizing kind of some powerful moments that I think are in Tony's life and key moments for him as, a, as this character, um, Iron Man. Mm. I love it. I think it's really artful. And I, I also love it. it gives us the opportunity to slow down and take, take some stock of the suit and what has happened over the last five minutes of, you know, fighting uh, and how powerful Stain's effort was to duplicate what Tony had done with some grace. I do miss the fact that there's so much damage done to the suit and so much like charring that, you know, come from what I'm assuming is the explosive stuff going on around him and none on his face or that exposed hand. I feel like just <laughs> even so, even there's some scrapes would be, would be warranted here, but. He's got a scrape yeah. on his nose. He's got a little he tiny did, You're right. He does have a cut on his nose and maybe <laughs> something on his eyebrow. I, I don't know. It actually looks like the cut on his forehead um, that he had earlier in the film is back, and it looks like it's in the exact same spot. <laughs> really inconvenient spot for uh, yeah. for head injuries to continue yeah. happening. 
It's one of those weird ones. But luckily, that Stark chin is looking great after having that helmet ripped off. <laughs> mm. It's also weird that the, um, just from the angle, it looks as if his hand, the, his, his right hand, has been. it's just not there. It looks like it's been blown off or something. Like for a split second, you're like, he loses damn hand. The- <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when that shield thing flared out. It just actually, it wasn't intended for that. It just saws his hand off. That's the, the <laughs> downside of using that. It's a real hero sacrifice. Uh, we do have a couple tropes here that I think are very effective in, in superhero films and films like this. It really, any hero's journey type of film. You get the rebirth of the hero. So the hero sacrificed himself in the, in the last few minutes that we've seen. And now the rebirth, where it seems our hero is dead, but comes back to life. And that is paired with this other trope of, I guess you could call it, the important person in his life calling his name, and that is the thing that kind of brings him back. As his, uh, as the arc reactor in his chest kind of flickers, and uh, it looks like it's kind of trying to come back, but not really. It's kind of like almost like dying, and it's it's the end of him. And then you have that echoey call of Pepper as she goes, Tony! And you just see it kind of start spinning up, and that's really kind of the... I guess what he needed to, you know, the, the call of a loved one that, uh, that brings him back to life. A couple tropes. What do you guys think? Did these work for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought this, uh, particularly with the, the way the music goes as well. It has a very nice, um, eerie kind of eerie feeling to it as well. But, um, it's a, yeah, I think, I think that, uh, yeah, that works great. Uh, the, I think that's a, just very, very well done. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's there's some sort of a natural healing product at goop.com that will actually help accentuate your voice <laughs> to be able to speak to machines. No, I, I actually, I, I really like it. And, uh, you know, I like the flashing of the chest piece. I think that, that looks good because it, it gives you this feeling that it's coming back to life, you know, that it's... Uh, uh, that it's something that's recharging itself, as we've discussed, you know, in uh, preceding minutes. Like, there's always this question, what happens if you deplete it? Well, here it's getting stronger when it's not being called on to, you know, do anything. So, uh, I, I feel like in the space of this sort of, you know, heartwarming call to find Tony, we also learn even a little bit more about the technology. And I think the, I think the whole mix works. I do wonder, because of the, the echoey nature of uh, Pepper's voice, whether you could take it uh, as been like, oh yeah, it's her looking for him, or it could be that like this is what you think are Tony Stark's dying thoughts, and he's remembering oh, maybe. Pepper from earlier in the scene when she was shouting out to him. That's that's the Tony he's hearing. Is like he's remembering her in his final moments in some way. Well, it's funny that you say that because I was convinced I, I had convinced myself that when when she calls for Tony right there. Well, a couple things. One, I was surprised that it was not in the deleted scene when she actually finds him on the roof and flashes her flashlight on him that we don't hear her say Tony there. So then I was like, okay, so where did that come from? And then I remembered that way back in the cave, he is tortured and he's dunked a bit. And we see uh, kind of the, a flash of the arc reactor in his, uh, in his mind as if he's, it, it's coming to him in that moment. But we also hear Pepper say Tony in kind of this echoey fashion. And it made me wonder if it's the same Tony. It actually isn't, but it does make me wonder, you know, where where is this this call for Tony coming from that that he's hearing here? Um, mm. and, and, uh, and what's the intention there? Like, it, it, are, are they just hinting at the fact that she is out there searching for him and, and he happens to hear her? 
Well, and I mean, in that light, she's sort of his emotional Jarvis, you know, like what Jarvis does for him practically when he calls her like she's the anchor for him uh, that that happens to be another human. And and so, you know, in that light, I really like the fact that that hers is the voice that he hears, whether she's standing right next to him or, or you know, when it's just the voice he needs. Uh, that's that's great. So you like that better than than hearing Jarvis pop in? Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Yes. Right. Wake up. Wake up now. Wake up. Yeah. No, it's uh, no, I like that much better. Well, and then it's interesting because it almost the way that this plays, we fade to black. And uh, as we kind of push in right up on the arc reactor there, and then it cuts to this uh, this press conference that Rhodey is running and it feels very funereal, weirdly. It feels like he's reading a statement about Tony's death or something. The way the music's playing, it just has this morbid tone to it. And it made me wonder, like, was that the tone they were going for here? I, I'm not quite sure if that was the intention, but it feels that way, the way that that cut happens. Oh, I think it definitely is. I think that's this is supposed to be a subtle joke in that you believe that Tony Stark, for a split second, you might believe that Tony Stark is dead. And you're watching Rhodey make a statement about him. And then the camera casually pans out and he's just sitting reading the paper as if nothing really happened. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. I, I think that whole setup is one for that split second joke. And uh, because anyone who is at all into the lore of Iron Man is automatically spinning into where could they possibly take the story now if they're going to pretend that he's dead and it may not last you might not even believe that you're thinking it yourself but you know you did you know you thought it for a split second and then we get that little payoff and it looks great because now this is the tony stark that is is reborn right this is brave new world tony stark and we get to see how he reacts and how he adjusts and how he is about to adjust more well and if any astute uh, viewer of the film, especially those watching it minute at a time, would know that the scrolling text on the bottom does give away right away that Tony Stark's alive because it does yeah, say right. Stark Industries, Industries CEO Tony Stark to read a prepared statement to the press in coming moments. No injuries have been reported <laughs> in association with the ARC reactor. They spelled it ARC reactor with two C's just to, to point out it is on t- on screen. So it is with C's according They've to the committed. actual... They've committed. Uh, with the arc reactor malfunction on Stark Industries campus last night, Stark Industries, Industries SIA, shares soar on rumors of new something. We'll have to wait till tomorrow to finish the, the text on the screen. But uh, yes, you're right. We do come to find Tony, and here he is. He This is that kind of suave, uh, debonair playboy Tony that we have sitting here reading the paper. He's up in his office with Pepper as uh, as she's kind of uh, cleaning him, him up and he's reading the chronicle with the uh, the headline who is the iron man mm. and the photo uh, do you guys know much about the photo of, of the story of this newspaper no not a thing this was quite a quite an interesting debacle that happened uh, back when they were filming this there was uh, a, an internet glimpse of Iron Man, courtesy of IESB.net. Ronnie Adams, who is a freelance photographer, he got close enough to the set to get some photos of the Iron Man suit in this, uh, it, what would eventually be a battle scene. At this point, it was just Iron Man standing there. IESB put these images up on their website. Paramount had a fit. They came down on him. They contacted them. 
and IESB's uh, hosting service had to pull the site offline. Uh, the internet went crazy because this guy, Ronnie Adams, he took the pictures as a freelance photographer. He did nothing illegal to get them. He took them and uh, IESB published them. Everything was uh, above board. This uh, turned into this this huge thing where uh, because of Paramount's reaction, they had to apologize and they had to invite IESB to this huge press uh, thing where they basically got to do all this extra coverage of the movie, do all these interviews, do a set visit, all of this sort of stuff. Let's see, Robert and Stephanie Sanchez were the editors of IESB. They made t-shirts about this whole thing and it was just this this huge thing that happened at the time and favreau thought it was hilarious too and so he actually took the photo that ronnie adams had taken that iesb published on their website he actually used it as the photo in this newspaper as this yeah. really funny reference to this whole joke well, IESB thought that was pretty funny, too. But Ronnie Adams, the photographer, did not. He filed a lawsuit against Paramount Jesus. and Marvel for the illegal use of his photo. For Christ's sake. It was bonkers. And so, uh, so finally they settled. But when Paramount released it, the image that we are looking at of Iron Man in this newspaper is just this generic photo that they actually had found. It's not the version that was in the actual um, film version when we saw it. Yeah, I'm going to um, send you guys a link so that you can check out and learn more about this story. It is it's just wild that this whole thing happened this way. Well, now, wait a minute. I'm misunderstanding that. You're Just to clarify, the, the photo that I'm looking at in the minute. In the film. In the it, Right now, on my has screen. Been digitally replaced. So, the one we saw in the theater was not Ronnie's image. The one we have the, here no, is? No, the one we saw in the theater was Ronnie's image, and he sued. And because of that suit and the settlement, they have now replaced that image digitally in the in the film after when it was released on DVD and Blu-ray and digital and all that sort of stuff. So you will never see Ronnie's image in the film again. But the one I'm looking at here on Collider, I see it now with the kind of yellow background. That is uh, Ronnie's image. That's Ronnie's image. Yes. Wow. What a story. That's awesome. <laughs> so funny how how things unfold like this. So and it's not that uh, it's not that special of an image. No. I think that it's just a really funny thing that that Favreau did that was like, oh, this would be kind of funny to do. And it turns into this thing that, you know, cost Paramount even more money over it. Oh <laughs> uh, so great. I I love it. And it looks like IESB is no longer around. It was a. Did you go to IESB.net? I, I did. Yeah. I did. It's it's a dead page at register.com. Oh, you're Ooh. right. Look this could be like, hey, you you mess with Marvel. You mess with Disney. <laughs> That's they right. come for you. <laughs> Drop a helicarrier on your house. That's right. <laughs> you think, though, this uh, one of these things now, because we, we've been doing it loads with Batman, where we're like, oh, you know, if this is a more modern movie, they'll be putting in more references to things. Um, do you think, like, because at this point, obviously, Marvel had, you know, the limited rights to characters. Do you think if it had been different circumstances that Tony would have been reading, like, the Daily Bugle or something along those lines? Or do you think... Like, that's that's actually really funny because Christine Everhart, the reporter who we're going to see, uh, you won't see her, but next week, and she was the one at the very beginning of the film, she actually worked for the Daily Bugle. That was her newspaper. 
And yeah. it, it felt like they were um, trying to ground it in in the real world a little more by not making it a fictional paper, but by having her working for Vanity Fair. And so I, so I appreciate that. But uh, but I do think you're right. I think that instead of the Chronicle, um, yeah, I, I would love to have seen like, I mean, it wouldn't have made sense to, for it to be the Daily Bugle because we're over in L.A. But it, I, I like the idea of it being something that would have been uh, tied in a little more. Yeah, that's interesting. It takes you sort of when I hear the Daily Bugle like that belongs in a certain franchise. And uh, I don't I, I wonder if we're not uh, sort of at the uh, we're so early in that that it would have taken you out of the, you know, out of the universe in this movie. Had we seen more of it? I'm curious why, you know, I, I mean, I guess we, there's a good chance we'll start seeing even more of it as they they further integrate but and and i think they've earned the the place for more of those kinds of references uh in the later movies but i i like that it's it's a little bit more grounded in the universe that we live in it softens the entry for those who are not uh already inducted into the universe Mm. right right right. how do you this is a, a weird thing though i have and um just looking at it here as a headline, like who is the Iron Man? Because like I have a big thing in the first season of Batman where I really <laughs> like when Batman is referred to as the Batman because it just yeah. makes it sound like he's like, yeah, it's a mythical kind of creature sort of thing. For some reason, the Iron Man rubs me the wrong way though. It's like no, it's just Iron Man. Like and again, I don't know. I don't think they ever refer to him as the Iron Man outside this movie. I think he always just goes because Iron Man because he's not mythical. He is, you know exactly who he is. So well, and he he takes on the mantle too, uh, right? Like later in this film, we haven't gotten there yet, but I mean, he'll fully embrace the mantle of this character. What I think that the headline does, I always read it as they're not titling him Iron Man. They're saying who is the Iron Man. Like who is this? Who is this man made of iron walking around the streets? That's how I've always read the headline. Although technically, and Pete, you can speak more to this. In the world of journalism, wouldn't they drop a uh, the uh, the a n and the anyway? Right. <laughs> uh, yes, it it should be uh, who is Iron Man. But I actually think that this is a. I think this is a legit. Uh, complaint here, Nile, too, because I, I I agree with you. For some reason, it works. Like, who is the Batman? That that works for me in a way that this this I find jarring, and I am relieved that it's completely resolved within you know three minutes. Mm. That this is this is a frustration that can only exist in this little tiny window. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I do wonder what it is, where it just instantly irked me when I saw it because because the, again, the Batman makes you think of like the Wolf Man or yeah, right. like yeah, the right, Invisible right. Man, something like kind of a very horrific kind of idea. Whereas the Iron Man just doesn't sound right. It's just like no Iron Man. It's just his title, like right. I am Iron Man. Like that's right. just. So yeah, yeah, just uh, it irked me somewhat, but yeah, again, you know, you don't get it beyond the the next couple of seconds, really. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, and it's uh, I I like that we we're already getting Tony kind of being dismissive of it. I mean, he's like that was kind of catchy, but it's technically it's wrong. It's a gold titanium alloy. Like, <laughs> That's I just, my favorite. Like I mean, he's so perfect at at saying stuff like that. It's just it's brilliant, which I think is a lot of fun. Uh, and then, uh, then of course, Agent Coulson. This is the reveal that Agent Coulson is alive. He was in the basement. The last time we saw him, he was with Daryl and Jason, and two of our other uh, uh, agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. As they're exploring the basement, we see 
Ironmonger kill the other three, uh, but Agent Coulson and I think Daryl had gone off uh, down the way. And Jason, who was kind of our eager beaver, uh, I, we had no idea what happened to him. So it's nice to know that Agent Coulson made it out alive. I hope that means that Daryl and Jason did as well. But I don't know if Endgame will answer that or if we'll ever <laughs> get to find out about the fates of Daryl and Jason. Because yeah, I wouldn't, because, you know... Uh, not to get into any spoilers or further down the line, but the you know Agent Coulson's come back from the dead before, so like that <laughs> right. might not be the original A- Agent Coulson you're seeing right there. Right, right. <laughs> What's interesting is in the script, uh, Agent Coulson is not here. It's actually just Tony and Pepper, and Pepper basically has all of his lines. She's saying, "Here's your alibi. You're on your yacht. I've got poor papers. Blah blah blah." And he's just like, maybe it was just the two of us on the yacht. I mean, and she's like, focus, please. It's it's weird. It's kind of odd that it's just the two of them. And she's doing all of this sort of delivery here. I think that to that end, it speaks to the way that Clark Gregg, as Agent Coulson, they found such a, a, a strong character there that people loved. And they wanted to find a way to continue it with this whole Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. I, I really like having him in here and not just uh, Tony and Pepper. Yeah, I do. Like, well, I suppose we'll talk about it in the next minute when it's, yeah, when it's sure. said. But yeah, yeah, but, uh, I do want to be just there for like, well, there's a there's a thing we're setting up that he has to say. <laughs> in a well, couple and of, you know, at this point, then. you're sitting in the theater and you're like, say it, say it, mm. say it, just say <laughs> it for crying out loud. And, and so it's perfect. I mean, it is. It's in that regard, it's perfect. Yeah. dangling from the theater I, roof I, just ex- push it. exactly i do not care that it's a completely telegraphed setup at all <laughs> i want it <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about that next minute though yeah, yeah we right. will. we'll get more <laughs> right. of that right uh but and to that end i don't have anything else for this minute unless you guys have something else we can wrap it up and and uh come back tomorrow for no. uh, for 115 and more agent colson for crying yeah, out loud let me hear what he says next <laughs> All right. Well, Niall, thanks again for joining us today. Oh, thanks again for for having me in this lovely Thursday uh, afternoon, guys. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Well, would you like to tell everybody where they can find you and learn more about uh, Batman it? Uh, yeah, well, uh, over Bat Minutes, we're doing what you guys are doing, only with the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman movies. Uh, we're currently at the end. I think actually without this air, we'll, we'll probably have wrapped up Batman Returns. Actually, I, I can't tell between where we're recording and what the air, because there's <laughs> such a big buffer between. Uh, and yeah, then we'll be moving into Batman Forever later in the year. Um, and you can find us, just yeah, just Google Bat Minute. Uh, we've, I've tested it, and we do come up. So um, <laughs> good. I'm glad between uh, Monday and now you've you finally have checked those out to make sure they work. <laughs> and if it doesn't work for you for some reason, just Batman it podcast will come up. So perfect. <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. Well, that is it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at MarvelMovieMinute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the next reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers. <laughs> <laughs>